who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about the orbs of Dragonkind. Hey Brian. William, are they round? They, yes, they are orbular. Or I guess spherical. They are spherical. Be more accurate. Uh, or is orbular? Orbular. Orbular is a word. Orbular. And they are orbular because they're, they're orbular. Orbs. Brian, tell me the name of this goddamn year. It's the year of the artifact. That's William. right. <laughs> we make things. <laughs> it's the year of the artifact. We make shows. We do make shows. Are are our shows our artifacts? Perhaps. Oh, some of them definitely are now because yeah. they've been sitting in the feed for a long time. Yes, it's Go check true. out old episodes. They're cool. <laughs> and you know what? It's been looking pretty scarce of artifacts around here lately, if you ask me. You think so? Yeah, a lot of stuff's been going on this year and messing with our artifact production line. That's true. It's very Hasbro. true. Hasbro! <laughs> Not my bro. Well, I Not don't, my bro. I don't know if this helps uh, make up for that, but the fact is we are today technically uh, talking about five different artifacts. Neat. Not just one. Okay. Um, that's right. There are five different orbs of Dragonkind, and we will go over all of them. I'm pretty excited to talk about this topic topic because in a sort of roundabout and in other ways, a direct way, it's a Dragonlance topic. This is a Dragonlance episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dragonlance. Awesome. Uh, the orbs of Dragonkind, or how I grew up knowing them, the Dragon Orbs, made their original debut in the Chronicles trilogy of Dragonlance. Uh, but any questions before we dive into another episode where we get to talk about dragons? When you collect them all, do you get to make a wish? No, you do not. On a dragon no, with reindeer they're, ears? No, they're definitely not. Okay. No. <laughs> ears? Antlers? That's what I meant. I knew what you meant. Did you know the antlers come off of those fucking animals? Like, uh... Moose and reindeers and stuff? Like... They shed the their antlers? I know they, they shed the skin of them. Oh, is that it? Yeah, Is that the it. whole antler? Yeah, and have you they... seen it? It's horrifying. Yeah, I, I saw some husk, yeah. some yeah. husky stuff, and it was, uh... And they pee on them? Didn't hear that part, but <laughs> reindeer also eat uh, psychedelic mushrooms, and then they I mean, they pee, and they as would I if I were them. Well, the people can't eat them because they get sicky pies and die. 
Gotcha. But the reindeers then piss, mm-hmm. and then they, oh their, no, yeah, their immune system or their their metabolism filters out the bad stuff, and then people can go find the yellow snow and go <sighs> go on a, a fun ride. Will these orbs make me do that? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely sorry, not. that was a Shenlong segue. Very bad. It was a lot of things segue. Yeah, <laughs> long ago. In ages past, on the world of Kryn, elves and humans wage a terrible war against evil dragons. Evil. Now, you might ask yourself, which of the four or five terrible wars against evil dragons are we talking about here? <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> but, but I <laughs> One would, of those bad boys. Yeah, I would bet it was either the first or second dragon war. Okay. Uh, whichever dragon war it was, at some point during it, the world seemed uh, on the precipice of doom. Takesis and her evil chromatic dragons were poised to win. And so the wizards of the Towers of High Sorcery came together, not something that they like to do, historically speaking. Uh, and together the three orders met at the Tower of High Sorcery at Palanthus on a night when all three moons were full. The greatest mages of the age, with the assistance of the gods of magic, forged five orbs of dragon kind, or dragon orbs, that that night to help defeat the dragons of Tachesis by exuding influence and mind control over her draconic children. One uh, orb... is just uh, Dragonlance is, Tiamat, right? Yes, exactly, yes. Uh, one orb was taken to each of the five towers, and there they were used to speed the war towards a victorious end. Is it one orb for like each head? Was that the idea? Uh, I've seen that messed with, but no. Okay, uh, it's just, just there's five orbs, five. and uh, each orb does have a different spirit of a different chromatic dragon in it, but that doesn't dictate what dragons you can control with it. Okay, so they came together at the Towers of High Sorcery in, mm-hmm. like, sort of a summit sort of idea? Yeah, all the wizards so of the land. Did Sasuke show up there to try and kill them? Uh, no, no, he did not. Good. <laughs> Fucking Sasuke. So originally, all five of the dragon orbs, or orbs of dragon kind, were said to all be precisely identical at 10 inches in diameter, uh, made of fragile crystal, and having a strange mist swirling within. Ooh. The color of the mist inside the dragon orbs does vary, one color for each chromatic type. The color of the mist inside of the dragon orb does not seem to have any effect on which dragons it has power over, though. Okay. In the mist, just below the surface, are arcane runes for using the orb. Once someone decides to use an orb, it will expand to 20 inches in diameter, and then the mist in the orb will begin to swirl violently as the user reads aloud the runes that are just below the surface. That's cool. So these wizards were like, this one will be blue, because that's my favorite color. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Well, this one will be orange, because that's (laughs) what I like. But no, no, no. There's one for each chromatic dragon color. Oh, so there's a red. Yeah, there's a red, a blue, a black, a green, and a white. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Okay. So um, That's weird that they're not specific for the heads, but they have those specific colorings because it suggests that they are specific for the heads. But So, okay, I, re- I read those books so long ago, and I don't remember there being specific colorings for them. Oh, okay. Um, but this is this is just what I've read in D&D source books. I mean, it's cool looking. Yeah. It's cool flavor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Magic the Gathering real quick. So Magic the Gathering. I mean, for- I guess. Will, do we have to? <laughs> we do have to. Fucking wizards. For, <laughs> for some reason... Magic Gathering has some alternative, different colored orbs, each made of a different gemstone, and each made to control a specific color of chromatic dragon. Lapis Lazuli for blues, Jade for greens, and Carnelian for reds. This is non-canonical in any any uh, setting or any source book I could find across all D&D. This is just Magic the Gathering doing what I bet you it was someone who just didn't know. It's like, yeah, there's a different color for each chromatic type, right? Because that makes sense. 
Just like what you just said. I mean, yeah, it does. But also, like, I'm mad about it because they're from Wizards of the Coast, probably. <laughs> nah, it's cool. So, yeah, that was a Magic Gathering thing. I don't know much else about it. Uh, moving on. Each okay. orb contains the essence of an evil dragon, a presence that resents any attempt to coax magic from it. And thus, each orb is an intelligent artifact with its personality reflecting what dragons it has trapped inside of it. An orb will communicate through dreams and visions rather than directly with the user. Only powerful wizards or someone with an incredible an incredible sense of self can attempt to control an orb. Hmm. Uh, if they fail in this attempt, the orb takes control of them instead until one of three things happens. Uh, the user breaks free. Uh, something from the outside frees the user, or the user dies of hunger first. <laughs> wow, that last one, huh? <laughs> yep. Uh, so, like, a high charisma character would be a good candidate for this. Very much so, yeah. A high charisma or high intelligence yeah. are the two key factors. So, yeah, suck it, I, Druids. I have a Super Quest Saga fun fact. Super Quest Saga is a, an actual play show that we made. Uh, yes. A space opera. It's a space opera science fantasy adventure based off 5e D&D rules. It's a whole it was campaign a good time. that Will yeah. ran. It was excellent. Go check it out. We're writing yeah. a book about it. Indeed, we are writing a book about it. But fun fact uh, from the series, uh, this is where my idea of having you guys mentally wrestle a dr- with a draconic spirit in order to gain control of your super awesome dragon spaceship came from. Oh, nice. It came from That's the idea awesome. of the dragon orbs. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yes. I love uh, background. Yes, and I love Dragonlance, and so it is inherently tied to the showed up, yeah. Way. Yeah. So if a user is able to dominate the orb, uh, then they are able to access massive amounts of information, see into the river of times past and future, use the orb to telepathically summon chromatic dragons, cause massive confusion upon dragon-type creatures, including draconians. Uh, they can scry and apparently do much more. Nice. Uh, the full list of what orb can do has never been able to be listed due to the fact that most wizards are too nervous to even attempt to use one. So these are super mega ultra like legendary artifacts. Like they were created by a culmination of the wizarding community of an entire planet. Yeah. And thus like they are capable of magics far above and beyond what you would normally even like most objects usually can only do one or two things, maybe maybe five things. But this thing these things can do just countless stuff. Whatever it's, you want. It's kind of a strange trope that Things in the made in the past of a fantasy setting are typically like way more powerful than anything that's going on in the current timeline. I think it's a combination of two things going on here. Number one, the, the there's the trope of like the lost, the lost information, the lost art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, we are in a time of stagnation versus the the time where everything was going great. Yeah. Um, but also, I I liken this to um, to modern day music. So. A lot of times you'll get people who think that like, oh, music was so much better back in the day mm-hmm. or or everything that's or like everything a, that's or like a phenomenon that, that is a phenomenon that happens. Right. Um, and if you are a musician, particularly if you are a guitar player, um, there's also the phenomenon of like old guitars are fucking incredible. And the truth is because they kind of are. But the reason they, <laughs> they are, are, yeah, they yeah are. the reason that they are is because it's only the good ones that have lasted this long. All the ones that were trash, you know, got thrown away or abused or, or forgotten about. True, true. But the, the true, you know, cream of the crop remains around. So it seems like every guitar made in 1965 was fucking amazing. No, just the ones that have survived so long are. Yeah, they're made incredibly well and yeah. so that they can survive this long mm-hmm. and they do sound great. Yes. They have the, the and OG. the same phenomenon happens with music. You know, we remember like the 60s and 70s as being like this golden era of music, but we forget, forget that all the terrible music just got 
brushed under the rug. No one listens to that anymore, so no one remembers it anymore. That's true, and so. th- there's there's a lot that has to do with like um, acclimating to certain sounds, like the way yeah. the way that era sounds, and yes, like the, the machines that were being used. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to listen to Machine Gun Kelly, and I, I'm not like against it or anything like that, but the I recognized that the sound of that music for its genre was something foreign to me, and it put me off. Oh, not that I it's see. bad. Yeah. I think a lot of people. Maybe even people listening to this show will say that it's bad inherently without knowing anything about it. Well, um, I mean, I liken that to food. They say you need to taste something ten times before you actually know if you don't like it. Yeah, and if you have toddlers, you need to offer them something fifteen times before they even consider saying yes. So, right, apparently it's that's very a thing. true. It's wow, very we've gone true. off the rails. Anyways, back to Dragon Orbs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we both did. We went way off the rails. We did. Okay, so uh, a dragon orb cannot be destroyed by any magical force, either arcane or divine. All these powers that I'm listing are specific to the Dragonlance versions of them. Um, A 5e slash Forgotten Realms powers uh, are listed, but they're a bit more restrictive. Okay. So that that last bit was supposed to actually be part of that long list of powers. I see. Okay. Let's quickly follow the five dragon orbs of Kryn before we get a bit more uh, setting agnostic about it. Nice. So each of the five orbs were sent to one of the five towers of high sorcery. The five towers of high sorcery are named as follows. Uh, Daltagoth, Losarkum, uh, Weyrith, Palanthus, and Istar. We will refer to the orbs in the same manner, starting with uh, the Daltagoth orb. So this orb was housed in the Tower of High Sorcery at Daltagoth. It was believed to be destroyed during the lost battles with the Istar Empire um, in nineteen year 19 pre-cataclysm. Or is that post-cataclysm? I'm actually not sure. Oh, shit. Uh, it had, I'm pretty sure it's, it's pre-cataclysm. PC. It had, because uh, I'm pretty sure it's AC for after cataclysm. Ah. Uh, it had an unknown color of mist inside uh, of it. In, in, uh, it was either blue or black, but no one knows because it lost. Can you imagine if they were both PC? Like pre and post. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh God, could you imagine? Uh, Losarkum orb. Uh, the orb. This orb was housed in the Tower of High Sorcery at Losarkum. It's believed to be destroyed also during the same lost battles of Istar Empire, either pre or post Cataclysm. We haven't decided yet. Um, so those orbs really, we don't know much about them. We know where they were. We know that they were probably destroyed in this particular era of war, which uh, would have been dur- so. Istar, we talked a little bit about Istar in our Dragonlance episode. They were like that holy empire mm. that was like super on the side of good, but they they'd gone so far they'd become evil in a way. Okay. Um, once they had solidified their hold and sh- their stranglehold o- over Kryn, um, and there was no more like ogres to fight or evil dragons to fight or any of that stuff going on anymore. Um, not only did they start turning on themselves by having like thought police and stuff like that but one of the the main things that they turned against was magic in general oh and so that's what these lost battles are this was literally the empire of istar taking out the towers of high sorcery i see and so these two towers got destroyed during these wars and it's why we lost these orbs fuck magic and fuck these towers basically so now let's go to some orbs that we actually know a little bit more about uh next up is the wayrith orb uh, the original location of this orb was the Tower of High Sorcery Weyrith, where it was displayed in plain view for many centuries. Um, its purpose unknown by many mages who walked past it, because, again, a lot of lost information over the millennia. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly forgotten, it gathered dust upon a golden pedestal until the time of the Lost Battles, uh, just before the Cataclysm. So there we go. PC is pre-Cataclysm. Gotcha. Uh, the wizards Thank asked, you notes. Yeah. The wizards asked a member of their order, uh, F- Fielthus, to take it and keep it safe from the king priest. 
um, King Priest of Istar. Okay. Uh, he kept it for over 300 years in Icewall Castle, where Lorana Kanan, one of the uh, heroes of the lands, and her friends took the orb with them following the death of Filthess. Um, first to Southern Aragoth, and then finally to the Knights of Salamnia. The knights turned it over to a gnome named Nosh for study. By the way, I love that <laughs> a name. A gnome named Nosh. That's a new, that's my fucking fantasy band. Name. I'm a gnome named Nosh. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Soon the White Stone Council convened, and the nations of the council began to bicker about who should own the orb. The arguments grew more heated and distressful to the point where uh, there was nearly a, a secondary war on top of the current war that they were like trying to win, uh, announced over the orb. So they're about to go to civil war over the orb. A war within a war. Yes. This was, of course, until a kender named Hazloff Burfoot decided all this fighting was really, really dumb, and why are we starting a war with our friends when literal dragon armies are taking over the world? So he picked up the orb and threw it <laughs> into the white stone, shattering it into exactly 2,687 pieces. This orb was known to have a milky white mist inside of it, uh, most likely standing for white dragons, and, and that's the end of that orb's life story. Gross. Moving why on. Why does it have to be milky white inside? <laughs> Is there significance to 2,687 pieces other than somebody took the time to count them? Um, well, the point is that someone did. So remember that gnome named Nosh? Yeah, um, I remember. That's the other. That's my fantasy band name. Yes. My well, other one is a kender named uh, Kyle. Fuck, kender named Kyle. <laughs> that's not what it was. <laughs> Anyways, um, Nosh was... It, it, so remember how in the Dragonlance episode we talked about how gnomes in Dragonlance have like a life quest yeah that life quest belongs to their progeny if they fail to figure it out right yeah well it was nosh's family's life quest to uh study the dragon orbs and know everything about them so it's actually when taz when taz does this i, I kind of remember this from when i was nine years old nosh is fucking devastated yeah totally <laughs> like, super devastated but he takes the time he actually counts out the pieces because he continues studying the broken orb. Even those hands got so dirty from all that milky white stuff inside. Oh, Jesus. Moving on. Palanthus Orb. Uh, also known as the High Clear's Tower Orb. During the Third Dragon War, the orb was put at the High Clear's Tower so that the dragon dragon traps in the tower could be utilized. There it sat from that war until the War of the Lance. Uh, forgotten by all until Tazloff Burf <laughs> found it. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lorana Kanan then attempted to use the orb with the help of Taz. Together, they were able to control it and lure two blue dragons down into the dragon traps, killing them and scattering all the draconian troops. When the High Clear's Tower was hit with dragon breath, the tower collapsed on the dragon orb, and for many years, the orb was thought destroyed. Uh, now the orb is thought to still exist, but it is unknown where. The orb was known to have a red mist inside of it, most likely standing for red dragons. Hmm. Did I, did I pique your interest here? What are we right now? I had an idea about another thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm writing it down so we don't forget. Big, okay. Big dungeon cast plans. Cool. Yeah. So last up, we have the Istar Orb. During its creation, the spirit of the dragon named Viper was imprisoned into this orb. Following its creation, the orb was located at the Tower of High Sorcery at Istar. There it sat for many years until a young Sylvanesti elf by the name of Lorak Caledon arrived to take his test of high sorcery. There the orb spoke to Lorak and convinced him to steal the orb due to some imminent danger that was coming and moved it to below the Tower of Stars in Sylvanost. That's where like the, the biggest elven nation at the time was. Sylvanost? Uh, yeah, Sylvanos for the Sylvanesti elves. Okay. Lorak had a pair of ivory hands created to hold the orb, but the orb changed them to look like 
uh, large talon claw ones. Ooh, okay. Um, again, these orbs are capable of a lot of weird stuff. So <clears throat> the orbs sat for 300 years um, through the cataclysm and everything until Sylvanesti was attacked during the War of the Lance by the dragon armies in the War of the Lance. <laughs> um, it was at this time that Lorak ordered his people to leave, and he used the orb. He failed, though, in controlling the orb, and it took control of him instead. Lorak, a powerful wizard in his own right, was forced to use his magic to warp Sylvanesti into what was later named Lorak's Nightmare. Uh, the forest and everyone in it became twisted into an evil mockery of what they once were. Seeing the elven nation warping before their very eyes, the dragon or armies quickly retreated out of the nation, <laughs> desperately trying to reach safety. Uh, Lorik was also forced to summon Cyan Bloodbane, probably the most legendary green dragon in all of D&D, &D, uh, to watch over the elf. Um, the, uh, there Lorik sat upon his throne until a young wizard named Raceland Majir took possession of the orb. We know them. Yes, we know them. Very famous, very powerful people. Uh, Raceland studied the orb and used it more than once to further his own personal goals. The power of the orb was intoxicating, but ultimately not worth the risk. The final time Raceland attempted to use the orb, the Archmage only just barely managed to save himself from the ensuing magical struggle while the orb itself cracked. Later, out of frustration, Raceland ends up hurling the orb at a portal to the abyss and shattering it. This <laughs> orb was known to have a green mist inside of it, most likely standing for green dragons. Yeah. Gross. So. That's the history of the Dragonlance versions of the orbs of Dragonkind. Wow, they just mostly got broken. They mostly are completely destroyed and gone. So what, there's like one? Maybe. Then? There's one maybe. One maybe? Um, the original version of them, and as you can see, pretty much all of them were destroyed. But Dragonlance was quite popular in its day, and the dragon orbs were two by proxy. So the, they decided to keep them around with hand waves, retcons, and shrugs. It's magic, right? Yeah, like they got... they. <laughs> These two that were lost were found, and this one sure. that was destroyed was reassembled with fucking no magic. Yeah, Nosh, Nosh figured it out. He noshed that shit right back together. He got all the jizz in there. <laughs> Every drop. No. All right, let's talk about Forgotten Realms. <laughs> okay. So in Forgotten Realms, it is canonical that the original five orbs of Dragonkind were created on the planet Kryn. Some sources claim some of these dragon orbs made their way to Toril, while others claim that different orbs called orbs of draconic influence have function identically to dragon orbs were crafted by the dragons of Toril. Mm. Uh, one of the orbs of Dragonkind, or at least an enchanted item of similar renown, uh, was hidden away in the tomb of Damara. This artifact allowed its owner to transform into a powerful red dragon, but it was destroyed by a wizard from Freedale. So even these ones are just getting fucking destroyed. Yeah. They're um, too strong. They must be destroyed. Yeah. A frost giant named Gritmort took possession of an orb of Dragonkind sometime in the late 15th century DR in an attempt to become a Jarl and ascend in the Shattered Ordning. So that's relatively recently because the shattering of the Ordning happened in uh, Storm King's Thunder. Is that what it's called? Storm King's... The adventure model? The adventure yeah, model. Storm King's yeah, Thunder. So that's, I mean, that, at this point, it's like four years ago, but that's relatively recent in, in you know... Can you are you able Terms to explain what does this, this shattering of the ordning mean? Because I thought the ordning I know it was like written, but I thought it was like just an ideal. Like well, it is. So, uh, but it is also upheld by uh, Anam, the All Father. Yeah. Um, so Anam was like, "Fuck this." My oh man, like, I don't remember the details, but I think it was something along the lines of ordning's fucking bullshit, yo. Figure it out. <laughs> basically, make a new ordning. As long as you guys remember that I'm still your dad. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't remember the details. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't Anam, but like, it, yeah, the ordning itself became shattered. Okay. Uh, and Gritmort tried to become a Jarl during all this. Uh, his plans were thwarted by Minx, Boo, and friends. Uh, the orb was then given to the custody of the White Dragon, 
uh, Nilanthe. So I know who Minsk, Minsk and Boo are. They're like a comic duo where it's Boo's is hamster. Minsk, I think, is a ranger. I'm not sure. He's kind of like a, I wouldn't call him a simpleton, but he's a little, his intelligence probably innate. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and he talks to his hamster and they go on wacky adventures together and they do cool stuff. And they and they gave the orb. They took the orb from Grimmort because he sucked, and they gave it to this white dragon because apparently this white dragon didn't suck. Okay, I don't know the details. I didn't read that that story. So. All right, I'm sure it's fun. I'm sure it's fun. The powers of a dra- of dragon orbs in Forgotten Realms are as follows: a creature can try to control an orb of dragon kind by looking at it and speaking its command word. However, the magic on these artifacts has been warped over the centuries, so an orb might also attempt to gain control of its user in order to pursue the goals of the essence trapped inside it. Um, if successful in gaining control over it, the user of an orb of dragonkind is granted access to several spells, such as cure wounds, daylight, death ward, and scrying. The main power of the orb is to telepathically call all evil dragons in a 40-mile radius to its position. Power that can be only used once every hour. Which, I don't know why you need to use that more than once an hour. Yeah, I don't either. Um, although resilient... Orbs of Dragonkind can be destroyed by sufficiently powerful magic weapons or by a disintegrate spell. <clears throat> this is pointedly different from the Dragon and Lance ones, which are very fragile physically but cannot be messed with or destroyed by any arcane or divine magic. Okay, for sure. Minx and Boo have my have my attention. Well, it, we'll it, do an episode on them if you want. It reminds me of um, Spelljammer with, like, yeah. you know how they were, like, pulling from... You had to be like in it when Spelljammer came out to like mm-hmm. understand all the, the the jokes and stuff that they came up with in that setting, mm-hmm. like originally. Yeah. And so it, it hits better for people that like experienced it in like whoa, like the eighties, seventies? Uh this would have been in the nineties. I think Wow, 90s. that late, huh? I think nineties, yeah. Yeah. So people are like Yeah, it was referencing like the space killer clowns or whatever and like stuff like that. What, what was that what it was? I don't. I don't know. Where I mean, those killer clowns are in the Spelljammer book. That yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. but that was based off of like some movie that was out at the time. I think so, but I'm I'm not positive. No, yeah, but that's that's the idea here. Is like if I'm sure if I was in the Minx and Boo era, like it would have made more sense than it does. Yeah, just, like, probably reading it off the page. Almost definitely. But since I don't know anything about it, it just seems like fucking crazy that that's there. Um, yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> but see it that. probably makes sense in the. The canon of the time. Yeah, if you're into Minx and Boo. So if you guys are wondering what the opposite of timelessness is, it's Minx and Boo, probably. Yeah, absolutely. And the clowns from Spelljammer. (laughs) Let's take a short rest. Rest in peace, Aster Eater. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. It doesn't matter if you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
And you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. It's like I said before, Shopify is going to take your business no matter what stage it's at and elevate it to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? That's your sign to this year. Finally forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. It's the sound to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling giant plates of armor or maybe some handmade dice, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn all the new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help, an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. What's incredible to me about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify is there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business. Take your business to the next level. It's your turn to start getting serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. Let's get in the ball. Let's get on the ball. Let's. No. It. Let's take control of the ball. Let's take possession of the ball and, and run it up court. Or so, kick it. <coughs> what are we doing? So Pathfinder also has dragon orbs. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yes, it is pretty Can cool. Can you make wishes on them? Nope. They they function very similar to the D&D ones with, with some variation, which we're going to go over. Insert reindeer conversation here let's move on <laughs> let's move on the orbs of dragon kind and pathfinder are major artifacts granting power over dragons of a particular type so we're kind of <laughs> back we to square one. they were like you know what that is the right way to do it so that's how we're doing it <laughs> orbs are known to exist for each type of chromatic dragon and metallic dragon and varieties for each type of imperial dragon and primal dragon so imperial dragons are more akin to uh like uh Asian dragons. Okay, sure. Uh, and primal dragons are dragons that are native to what's called the Great Beyond in Pathfinder. The planes of water, air, fire, earth, and shadow. Ooh, fun. So kind of similar to the inner planes of D&D, a little different. Yeah. Um, Just but tweaked. basically there are dragons for each of those planes of existence. Um, shadow and there are orbs for each of those types of dragons. Shadow dragons seem cool. Yeah, they are. So although the full history of the orbs of Dragonkind has largely been lost, incomplete lore places their origin during the original conflict between the draconic gods Apsu and Dahak and their followers. Okay. So that when I first read that, I was like, oh, so this is like their Bahamut and Tiamat. And to that I say, not exactly. 
All right. Uh, the dragon's uh, slaughter of one another during their conflict led to the draconic mother goddess Tiamat to shed ten tears, which landed on the slain bodies of heroes of each of the dragon species. That's one tear per eye, because there should be two eyes per head, and there's five heads per body on a Tiamat. That's absolutely right. Awesome. Good maths. <laughs> Souls of these dragons entered the crystallized tears, transforming them into powerful artifacts that granted immense power and authority over others of their kind. A real click, quick on the Apsu, um, the hawk thing. Apsu is Pathfinder's kind of equivalent to Bahamut. The hawk, or dahak, or however you say it, is a bird. No, it is the god, the deity, the draconic deity, child, son of Apsu and Tiamat. So, oh, okay. So in this world, the Bahamut Tiamat uh, equivalents are actually romantically involved, and their first son is Dahak. Problem is, Dahak's a fucking asshole. And super, super evil. And Apsu, the father, super not. Very lawful good. Okay. So him, so these two start going at it. And Tiamat is the mom who's just crying because the two people she loves the most are killing each other. Oh, okay. I see. But in the end, Tiamat sides with the hawk and goes the chaotic evil route as far as I could tell. So. All right. Yeah, it's it's like the Tiamat Bahamut story, but a little weirder. Just a little weirder (laughs) where the mom mom backs up the sun. Yeah. Sounds to me. Yes. The orbs remained uh, major figures in Draconic history following the flight of Apsu and his followers through the material plane, becoming part of Draconic hordes to be hidden away or used as tools to enslave other dragons. The orbs have persisted into the modern day as both coveted and feared items amongst dragonkind. Uh, Which dragons have killed one another to possess but allied to keep out of the possession of their races? Interesting. uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. The most significant property of the Orbs of Dragon is that they allow their wielders to magically control dragons. The wielder of an orb can use it to exert powerful mental control over any dragon whose species matches that which the orb is attuned to, effectively enslaving them to their will. Ownership of an orb also grants immunity to the breath weapon of that dragon species, in addition to the ability of the wielder to use such a breath weapon three times a day. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, Further, someone using an orb can detect the presence of any dragon within 10 miles of their location and and of their orb's particular variety within 100 miles. Did you watch watch Last Night Airbender? The first one, the original. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'd love to go up with the orb like against the blue and be like, "What? No lightning today?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's Prince Zuko from Last Airbender. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, an orb of Dragonkind also allows its wielder to communicate with any other person currently wielding an orb of their own. As most such figures are dragons themselves, this exposes wielders to the risk of discovery and retribution by dragons enraged at the thought of a non-dragon enslaving their kin. Ooh. Yeah. So if you are not a dragon. You do not want to be caught with one of these by dragons. Yeah. They will be very upset. Yeah. They're going to ask you some pointed questions, Indeed. to say the least. The souls used to create each orb remain within the artifacts. Although they are dormant most of the time, they can occasionally be awakened by exceptional individuals. However, the spirits within the orbs are capable of enslaving those who would wield them to their own ancient will. So very similar to the D&D versions, but a little bit more... Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this lore is a little cleaner. 
than yeah. a lot of stuff we just recently talked about. Because it's all tied to Dragonlance and D&D. So in this, it's just kind of like free-flowing, like not really tied to a setting other than like yeah, the Pathfinder world. Yeah, basically they had the clean slate to work with. Yeah, They're like, totally. oh, we could have them, but we don't have to deal with all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah these so. fucking five wars that we don't know what yeah, order exactly. they're in or whatever. Right, right, okay. right. And so. that's inherent to the the Dragonlance lore, right, is like not knowing those details about the war and stuff Yeah, like that. yeah, because, you know, when, when you're reading the novels, like all you know is it was a long time ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything's very mysterious. And then when you play your setting, they don't have to fill any of that stuff in because the DM can fill that in. Exactly. DM. Exactly okay. right. Yeah. Great. Okay. I like I like Pathfinder's take on this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It All is, right. It is so clean. we are going to go over the the published stat blocks for this stuff. You're going to start with the 5e one? Yeah, we'll start there. Um, so the Orb of Dragonkind, which this is just one orb, right? Like, it's, uh, Yeah, one of the five. Yeah. yeah. Um, the picture's green. I don't know if that matters, but it's a wondrous item and an artifact that requires attunement. Uh, now, should I read this lore bit? Probably not. Huh? Probably not. Um, let me get past the lore here. Uh, <laughs> orb is 10 inches. You went over that. When attuned. 20 inches. While attuned. Yeah. While attuned to an orb, you can use an action to peer into the orb's depths and speak its command word. Pineapples. You must make them. Uh, you must then make a DC 15 charisma check. On a successful check, you control the orb for as long as you remain attuned to it. On a failed check, you become charmed by the orb for as long as you remained attuned to it. Um, which I don't think you'll be uncharmed by it yourself. In that case, if it mm-hmm. wants to Someone take control of your to. brains, <laughs> yeah. Uh, while you are charmed by the orb, you can't voluntarily end your attunement to it. There it is. And the orb casts suggestion on you at will, save DC 18, urging you to work toward the evil ends it desires. The dragon essence within the orb might want to ma- uh, might want many things. The annihilation of a particular people. Freedom of the orb. Uh, to spread suffering into the world. To advance the worship of Tiamat. Or something else that GM thinks is cool. <laughs> yeah, Tekises. Uh Random properties. An orb of dragonkind has the following random... Pro- yeah, because this item should techni- is technically being ported into Forgotten Realms. Like, from the D&D Beyond aspect, huh? Yes. Because it mentions Tiamat instead of Tekises, right? Yeah, well, it says worship of Tekises, Tiamat's name on Kren. Uh, that's not what I'm reading here. Oh, oh, I'm on roll 20. What are you on? Yeah, I'm on D&D Beyond. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, random properties. An orb of dragonkind has the following random properties. Two minor beneficial properties. One minor detrimental property. One major detrimental property. Uh, does it? So Is that anywhere? I don't I see think, that anywhere. I think because these are artifacts, right? Yeah. They, they function a little bit different from... Um, so detrimental and benefit... These properties, if you will should be detailed somewhere else. Yeah, I'm trying to like I'm trying to look it up. Uh let me get through the spells if you find it before we start reading okay, it. Okay, so yeah, there's tables. There's tables that you can roll on. Oh, okay. Um should like, we detail that? It seems like that's uh, kind of a lot. Oh no, yeah, no. If these tables are even canonical, which I'm not sure they are. So Okay. I mean they must be if they're listed in the Well no, they're listed on some other site. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're not here, which it seems weird unless they're <clears throat> it doesn't look like they're coming up. Anyway, spells. The orb has seven charges and regains 1d4 plus 3 expended charges daily at dawn. If you control the orb, you can use an action and expend one or more charges to cast one of the following spells. That's a save DC 18 from it. Cure wounds at fifth level uh, with three charges. Daylight, that's at one charge. Death ward at two charges. And scrying at three charges. You can also use an action to cast the detect magic spell from the orb 
uh, without using any charges. So it looks like the list for the properties are in Chapter 7 of the Dungeon Master's Guide, specifically ah, for artifacts, yeah. That makes sense. And I, I imagine you would roll on them or choose the ones you want. Yeah, so reference that section in the DMG, So, because I'm, I'm sure that applies to other other things. Yes, so all artifacts have, have uh, properties. Oh, cool. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've never run... Like an artifact like this in a game. You know, I haven't either, that. but that's because I usually just make up my own stuff all the time. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the point. Uh, call dragons. When you control the orb, you can use an action to cause the artifact to issue a telepathic call that extends in all directions for 40 miles. Fuck. Evil dragons in range. It doesn't say fuck. I said that. Evil dragons in range feel compelled to come to the orb as soon as possible by the most direct route. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about um, my sapphire dragon mini like when the fuck would this thing ever fucking come out of the ground because i moved it from our table to back to its place and i was like whoosh you know on my way I was like, you never fucking see this guy flying it's always underground yeah you might when this is popping off oh yeah yeah uh okay so where i just interrupted myself and lost my place good job uh, brian dragon deities such as tiamat are unaffected by this call uh dragons drawn to the oh, can you imagine tiamat being within 40 miles of you and being like nah i ain't doing that shit <laughs> Y'all have fun up there. Dragons drawn to the orb might be hostile towards you for compelling them against their will. Almost 100%. Almost 100% definitely. Yeah, like a bronze dragon's going to be like, I was just looking for someone to talk to. No. Lovely to see you. Don't ever fucking do that shit again, though. Uh, Once you have used this property, it can't be used again for one hour. Destroying an orb. Why is this such a fixture? Uh, an orb of dragon kind appears fragile, but is impervious to most damage. Bullshit. Unless you throw it at something, at Whitestone or an Abyssal Portal. Wouldn't it go through the portal? Like, I didn't get that part. Um, The portal was like, you can't, you shall not pass. I think the idea was that, okay, number one, opening a portal. So, opening a portal to the Abyss in normal D&D is very difficult. Yeah. Opening a portal to the Abyss in Dragonlance is Archmage high level holy fucking shit level magic mm-hmm. and you just threw a high lit holy fucking shit orb into it and so the two magical uh the opposing things, forces yeah, yeah. They, it's just like a nuclear explosion basically cool and yeah. everybody died yeah and everyone died except, except for no me. one did because racism you know survived that sorry that was a weird al reference a very obscure one uh an orb of dragon kind appears fragile but is impervious to most damage including the attacks and breath weapons of dragons a disintegrate spell or one good hit from a plus one three magic hit. weapon is sufficient to destroy an orb, however. The editor for that let this sentence through is just like, ah, oh, that's funny. Just one good hit. You just need one good hit. As long as you got a plus three magic weapon, which is really fucking hard to get. Yeah. Or should they, be. They're endgame stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the fifth edition version of them. Let's talk about the Pathfinder ones. Okay. Uh, let's see. The Orb of Dragon Kind. It is, uh, so we're going to go over tags here. Unique, Arcane, Artifact, and Enchantment. Uh, mm-hmm. This You can find this in the Game Mastery Guide, page 110. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how up to date this website is, but hopefully that's right. Yeah, and then sure Pathfinder, number 150, Broken Promises, page 75, which I assume is a magazine? Um, if it's numbering? I don't know, but Perhaps I, it's, a pamphlet? It, yeah, possibly. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll try to learn more about that. Well, it could not just be their 150th adventure path for all I know. I yeah. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. 
um, we got, we st we're still learning Pathfinder. Be patient with us or let us know in the comments. That's good. Each of the legendary orbs of Dragon Time contains... Oh, yep. Let's skip down to something I can actually read here. While holding an orb. Ah, Dragon. while holding an orb of Dragonkind, you are immune to the breath weapon of the dragon variety associated with the orb. An orb of Dragonkind also grants a number of additional senses. You can communicate verbally and visually with the bearers of the orbs as if you were in the same room with them. You know if there are any... If there are any dragons within 10 miles of you at all times, neat, it's good. It's a good skill. I'd like to have that now. Mm -hmm. This extends to 100 miles for dragons of the type associated with the orb. Wow. If an associated dragon is within one mile, you know which direction the dragon is from you and the dragon's age, such as young, adult, or ancient. Okay, perverts. Each orb grants a 10th level arcane innate spell that you can cast at will, determined by the specific orb. Uh, I said perverts as a joke. It, that directly translates to their power level. It does. Um, the orb of gold dragon kind can convey the innate spells of any other uh, orbs as well as their activated abilities. But it can grant each individual power only once per day. In addition, the bearer of the gold orb can use its three action activation to attempt to cast dominate on the bearer of another orb if they are within one mile. Oh, so it's like the gold orb, the best of the orbs? Probably the best orb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as if that bearer were a dragon of the associated type within 500 feet. The last reports of the orb of gold dragon kind on Golarion. Galerion. On Galerion indicate the orb has been destroyed. However, okay, so it doesn't great. exist anymore. GMs running campaigns in uh, settings other than the Age of Lost Omens might decide if uh, the gold orb is still intact for their The campaigns. Age of Lost Omens is the uh, periodic era that 2nd edition Pathfinder is existing in. I see. Okay. Yeah. The Pathfinderverse. The Pathverse. The Finder. The, the Unifinder. The Finderverse. The Finderverse. Bearing an orb of Dragonkind earns you the enmity <laughs> of, of all, all Dragonkind forever. forever. Because you profited from the enslavement of the dragon within the orb, even if you later lose the orb. Great. Cool. Sounds <laughs> like some dragon. Like, I don't even know what this is. I just found it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> forever. Sucks to suck. Get good. Spell granted. DC 14. Black dragons get darkness. Blue dragons, hallucinatory terrain. Brass dragons speak with animals. Bronze dragons control water. Copper dragons hideous laughter, which is like Tasha's hideous laughter, I'm sure. Green dragon is entangle. Red dragon is wall of fire. Silver dragon detect alignment, evil only. White dragon, wall of ice. Uh, now, you get all of these. These are the spells that you get per orb, and you get them at 10th level casting. Nice. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> Uh, activate and will this little symbol with the three that means, means it's three, a action three action activation. Yes, okay. exactly right. Uh, so activate for three action command frequency once per round. Effect: You cast a tenth level dominate spell at DC forty on a dragon of the type associated with the orb within five hundred feet. Except the effect lasts for one month rather than unlimited. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, one month, that's a long time, rather than forever. I was like, oh, it's a downgrade. <laughs> the dragon does not receive its status bonus to saving throws against magic. The dragon is then temporarily immune to further domination via the orb for 24 hours. It has a level two activate. Or, uh, uh, two action. Two action. Activate. Uh, activate uh, envision. Interact. Frequency, three times per day. Effect, you breathe an elemental blast that deals 25d6 damage. Holy shit. That's DC 40 basic reflex save. And either a 60-foot cone or a 100-foot line, your choice. The breath's damage type matches the breath weapon of the dragon type associated with the orb of dragon kind. Acid for the black orb, electricity for the blue orb, and so on. 
uh, destruction, an orb of dragon kind. We always got to talk about breaking them. It has to. It's just part of the the lore of this thing. I guess it is made of glass. An orb of dragon kind violently shatters and explodes when uh, exposed to the breath weapon of a dragon who is a descendant of the dragon trapped within. The explosion deals damage as the two action activation above to all creatures within 90 feet. So it kind of has a death throw, if you will. Yes, there is also a flawed orb of dragon kind, but I'm not. I don't, yeah, we don't have to go. I'm not gonna read that shit. Okay, so you got anything to add about the orbs of dragon kind? Man, man it's uh, it just seems like they're meant to be destroyed. Like almost like they write that in there because the conclusion you're supposed to draw from this is to blow that shit up. I do it's think bad uh, to have around. They are bad to have around, and I think that yeah, uh, oftentimes it's just easier to get rid of it. Just like you know yeah. what? What if we just destroyed it? Yeah, because you're drawing yeah. the ire of dragons. Yeah, and yeah. they know. Yeah, you all know I mean, where each it's, other it's are. It's similar. Shit. It's similar with the One Ring from Lord of the Rings. It's like, yeah, you could use it, but it's way more trouble than it's worth. Let's just go to Mount Doom. Yeah, let's just go to Mount Doom. So that's why they're detailed. I like how it's part of the lore and it's in the description of the item. It's like mm-hmm. you want to destroy this shit, right? Yeah, you probably, you probably do. do. You probably do. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just stat that out so we don't have to bother <laughs> DMs with like, yeah, how to. Yeah, sure. Or GMs. I should start saying GMs more. Start that, that regular. That's something I don't care one way or another about. I mean, yeah. it's just I think it's lame that Wizards decided to go out of their way to cop or get a hold of the trademark of Dungeon Master. True. I, I like honestly I've always liked Game Master better, but the the language Dungeon Master is so inherently tied to D and D that it became normal. Yeah. But that's when true. you leave the table talk the tabletop talking space mm-hmm. and you say dungeon master in like a public setting mm-hmm. people don't know what the fuck you're talking about that's very and true they think it's sex stuff they do think it's so it's better to use game master you're probably in right. public space you're absolutely of right yeah all right let's get ready for a long rest okay Hey everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. My name is Brian and I'll be guiding you on your journey to a better night's sleep. Just kidding, Will had an emergency so he had to get going. Uh, So I'm doing this one alone. So if you guys want to support the Dungeon Cast, you can do so. Even more than you already have because you listen to the show and uh, that's, that's super critical, honestly. It's like a 20's worth of crit. So good job, thank you guys very much. Um, But if you want to go a step farther, if you want to go beyond, go to patreon.com slash dungeoncast where you can get Early episodes of this show ad-free. At the higher tiers, we've got special merch. I know you love your merch. We also have a merch shop. Uh, oh, and hey, did you guys know we have a website? It's the dungeoncast.com. Um, there's stuff on there about Star Seeker's Guide to Dragon Star, our Kickstarter book based off of Super Quest Saga, our actual play show that you should check out. Um, data about me and Will, all kinds of stuff. Um, I'd go check it out. It'd be awesome. If you want to reach out to us, you can on the dungeoncast at gmail.com. We uh we do check our emails and respond to them when we can. And we also have a P.O. box. If you guys want to send something out to the show, check that uh check that address in the notes below. It's there. Uh that's all I really have right now. We've got some news on some upcoming projects that we're gonna get to on next episode. And uh when Will's here, we can we can all talk about that together. But uh, some cool stuff in the works, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, So we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. 
Part Stephen King, part Chuck Palahniuk, Infected blends science fiction and horror into a pulpy masterpiece of action, terror, and suspense. James Rollins, New York Times bestselling author of The Judas Strain and Black Order. The Infected Trilogy is an unabridged three-season audio fiction series from number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler. Powerfully written, an unforgettable central character. Dallas Morning News. Infected is one hell of an exhilarating ride. Joe R. Lansdale, World Horror Convention Grandmaster and author of Bubba Hotep and Hap and Leonard. All 88 episodes, 53 hours of horror, are free and available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Sigler is the Richard Matheson of the 21st century. Infected is a flawless thinking person's thriller. Jonathan Mayberry, Bram Stoker award-winning author of V-Wars and the Joe Ledger series.